0: our limitations self-doubt and limiting beliefs about ourselves why do we give them so much power i'm simon caruso and this is the limitless man podcast speaking to those who doubted their own doubts and overcame limitations to pursue their very own limitless potential Guys, welcome to another podcast. We have with us today, a world-renowned martial arts specialist. So martial arts, jiu-jitsu, it's a discipline in itself, but the disciplines are so transferable to other areas of our life. And so today we're gonna to get into that. We're gonna talk about how they're so similar and how we can actually use them, whether it's for our personal lives, business, anything, sport, fitness, whatever it is that you're into that you actually wanna excel in. Uh, we're going to find out how that's actually done today so as i said he's a world-renowned martial arts specialist he just got back from london running seminars over there he's a rickson gracie disciple if you haven't heard of rickson gracie you're about to find out about what that actually is he's a multiple times world and pan-american medalist and also a two-time brazilian national champion as well welcome to the podcast leonardo xavier thanks for joining me man
1: Hey Simon, good to talk to you, brother. Thanks for having me at your beautiful podcast. Hey, let's get going. I'm ready. Oh,
0: man. Well, let's start with your story. So you were born in Brazil, raised in Brazil, is
1: correct? Yes, born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, which is the birthplace of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, right? The, the very traditional, amazing Grace family, which is the most traditional and biggest martial arts family, right? Family martial arts. And they Relocated from the north part of Brazil after they learned, after Carlos Grace learned from Mitsu Maeda, Count Koma, which was a Japanese who moved to the north part of Brazil, they eventually relocated to Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So we call it the birthplace of Grace Jiu-Jitsu. You know, it's where yeah. the Grace family did a lot of work with blood, sweat, and tears to establish Grace Jiu-Jitsu, improve as the most efficient form of self-defense.
0: And so, how did you get into it? Were you interested as a kid? Did you just love the sport? Did you see it somewhere? Or did somebody introduce you to it?
1: Yeah, I, I started martial arts when I was five years old. It was, it was Judo at school, no expression. Yeah. But my dad had practiced martial arts, uh, I mean, as a hobby. And he was very into sports, into healthy lifestyle. And... Uh, Eventually, I, I moved to Taekwondo, which was a little was a trend at the time. And a friend of mine from school uh, was doing Jujitsu, and I used to do a lot of sleepovers, spend weekends at his house. And at one point, uh, the dojo was at his neighborhood, at the clubhouse.
2: Yeah.
1: And at one point, he went to the clubhouse after uh, swimming pool uh, after pool day, and the less is history because. When I saw, he was already he had control me with things that I, we would never think. He was mounting on me already and he, without throwing a punch or a kick, super gentle. But at the same time, I was hopeless. And uh, <laughs> he said, brother, you have to move to jiu you know. Yeah. And then he guided me, uh, put me in the direction, and uh, he inspired me, right? And uh, I actually saw him after over 20 years. He now lives in Ireland. And he, he traveled to London to be at my seminar after I don't see him for 25 years. Wow. So, yeah, so that's the story. I was a friend. And, and that's very important, right? One of the things about your podcast, how mm. every neighbor is your teacher, how any person can put you in the right direction with words of yeah. with action, with a, with, a, with a little tip, a little. So he just as a school friend, he said, man, stop doing this and do that. Trust me. And here I am, you know, I, we yeah. talked about it. It's like uh, I became a world-class uh, martial artist. And was like I almost as a, not a, two teenagers, you know, my friend told me, I'll do this because it's bad. And I said, okay, I'll give it a try.
0: Mm. And here we are. You just, you just got back from Brazil. Oh, not Brazil, from London. So okay. what was that all about? How did you actually get involved in traveling the world? And you're actually teaching. You're running seminars. So you're... You're an expert in this industry and this field. So how did that all come about?
1: Yeah, so like I said, the Grace family like, did uh, the entire mindset uh, that they had, the entire idea of clan and uh, strategy. The, their master plan was to bring you just to the world. Okay. And uh, I don't know if you remember, in the early 90s, uh, my teacher's uh, brother created the UFC which the wrong? ultimate...
2: Okay. Yeah,
1: Horian, Horian Grace, which is my my teacher's brother, he created the UFC with the purpose to prove the world, to prove to the world that Jiu-Jitsu was the martial arts, the most effective martial arts yeah. that could benefit anybody regardless of age, gender, athletic, physical ability, and et cetera. So, at that time, was a, a martial arts style against another style. So pretty much no rules, no time limits, no weight, weight division, just no eye gouging. No, don't don't grab private parts and that's it. That was it. it. That, that, that's
0: how it started. Just, just like uh-huh. that. Because these days, obviously, it's huge, man. Like there's uh, weight divisions, there's and there's a lot of other disciplines tied into it as well, isn't there? These days.
1: Right. So so with that, uh, there was a big demand, right, of uh, for Teachers and for uh people the entire world wants to learn jiu so mm-hmm. if you go in your hometown now you're gonna find somebody who teach
0: of course it's everywhere man it's everywhere. Everywhere. it's
1: everywhere so in that process i was groomed by the best to be a teacher and i did my homework you know uh, i i understood the value my teachers are the best in, in the field and i i was one of their it's called uchi deshi uchi deshi in Japanese, the internal students, the one who spend a lot of time with the master to learn the little details and to pretty much serve the master to, to, uh, for the possibility to learn the actual edge, right? Yeah. With that, the demand, people invited uh, one American guy watching me fight the world tournament. And he approached me and said he wanted to learn from me and and little by little i started to travel here and there i end up moving to us and now i had travel like uh to australia being all different parts of us uh uk uh what else netherlands uh a bunch of different places and and the demands growing because people now into learning the the very core of Jiu-Jitsu, which with growth, that's also pros and cons because you can have a dilution. You can have a watering down as well. So that puts teachers like me that learn straight from the source in a very good position because we understand not only the physical aspects of the art, but also the mental and even the spiritual aspects. Yeah. And that became, uh, because martial arts is not only about fighting, not only about violence, brutality, but it's about what you talk about. It's about a, a mindset, it's about a strong spirit. Mm. It's about, uh, uh, you know, a strategy and, and a bunch of traits that comes with the warrior, right? The warrior yep. lifestyle.
0: You make, you make reference as well to the modern day warrior and some of the principles that you speak about and how they're, they're so similar to the principles in jiu-jitsu. So I love to talk about the mental side of this. Obviously, there's a physical component to what you do, but would you say the mental component is more relevant than the physical component? Are they as are they equally as important? Like, How would you describe the mental part of this discipline?
1: Yeah. I feel like the ultimate benefit that you get from training martial arts is self-enlightenment because as you fade physically and you continue to practice, you become to pay more attention to the mental and even spiritual benefits. So when, you, when you're young and when you're 20s and you're competing for a medal, for a trophy, for a belt, there's a lot of physicality involved and a lot of uh, the, time, the time limits play a big part of it. And you have to be explosive, you have to be fast, and you have to be, as you fade physically, yeah, and those elements of the competitions are out of the equation. You start to understand more about the, that the principles that help you to lead to succeed in a fight translate to everyday life. For example, yeah. for example, resilience, mm. visualization, uh, mental sharpness, good reflexes. Uh, um what else hope patience faith yeah you cannot you cannot train super hard for a fight and tell yourself you're gonna lose yeah it's not gonna work
0: not gonna work that's right yeah
1: exactly so somehow you have to the mental part is actually bigger than the physical part because with with the practice you you start to know more about yourself so you get, you, be, you get to be in touch. To more, you're more in touch with your strength and your weakness. And the journey is about learning about yourself. You learn how to tolerate a loss. You learn how to, to get down and to, to fall and get back up. Yeah. You learn how to properly behave in times of crisis, about uh, ability to make decisions, ability to deal with crisis. Uh, you know how to apologize. You learn how to apologize. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, so all this, the aspects that help you succeed in a, in a fight are the same ones that help you succeed in everyday life. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I, what I pretty much make in short. I feel like the modern day warrior is someone who strives to live a life of excellence, which is directly connected to a limitless man. Yeah. You know, it's somebody who strives for excellence, somebody who strive to reach their full potential, yeah. somebody to get to know themselves better, you know. so yeah. And that's all in martial arts. It's all in jiu-jitsu, it's all in, especially in jiu-jitsu, you know, because in jiu-jitsu, the, 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 the discovery of the, the, the principles and elements, for example, of leverage, of base, of timing, of weight distribution, this is like you unlocking an invisible power that you have, but you don't know of it. Mm. So I don't, I, when I go learn from my teacher, he doesn't put me on a, on a bench press for me to feel stronger. He makes minor adjustments on the angles. Okay. And of the same body that I have, I feel way stronger. But it's not only a physical stronger. I feel way stronger spiritually because you have unlocked an invisible power. Does that make sense?
0: It does make sense. I want to go back to something you said before about belief as well, because you would never train for a fight if you didn't believe in yourself, right? It's not going to work. That's no business on it, right? Okay. So, and there's no point waiting for anyone else to believe in you. And this is so relevant now because whatever you do, whatever you are setting out to try and achieve, no one's going to believe in you. It's up to you to believe in yourself. And I think once you start to see the fruit of your labor, that's when other people might jump on board and and start to actually start patting you on the back. But ultimately, when you start off, no one, I don't think you're entitled for anyone to believe in you apart from you believing in yourself. That's, that's my understanding. And I just want you to just elaborate a bit more like how important is it that people understand the listeners understand how relevant that is, because if you don't believe in yourself, and it's not to say you're not going to make mistakes, and you're not going to fail along the way, because I think that's inevitable. I think that's part of the deal sure. So you're going to get knocked down and you're going sure. to have to get up and then you're going to get knocked down again and you have to get up. But it's the belief that I think has to be unwavering. So you have to have that belief around you. And the other thing I wanted to talk to you about as well as you said, it's important to learn from other people and to actually have that ability to listen to other people and take their advice, and actually learn from them. So can you just talk about those two things, the belief and the other people, and what influence they've had on you and how that's been so important for your, for your life?
1: Yeah, so of course, when you, when you start this journey, you are like a, somebody without any possibilities. And with proper guidance, which I was very blessed, with a qualified instructor, mentor, master, you will... He gives you the hand, and believes in you, and make you believe in yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, there's there's a, there a saying uh, that uh, says the master has failed more than the student have tried. I can imagine so that. They actually,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. So they actually fail as part of the journey because yeah. you learn it through experience. Mm. You learning tricks so you have to be willing to, to fall and you have to have the courage to fall and also the courage to get back up. yeah and that has to do with, with trust in my in my in my opinion in my journey I had a lot of trust and faith for my teachers my it's very important to have good mentors and I'm very blessed that I had still have my master Hickson. and uh, uh, the trust, that the master has what it takes, have the right information, to feed you the right information, groom you into a winner. When I say into a winner, a winner is not the guy who only wins. He mm. grooms you into be a limitless man. Somebody who falls but gets back up, somebody who strives for excellence, know the limitations, know the strengths, and face life with the courage to overcome the obstacles. You know, for, the, the courage and, and, and the elements yeah. to overcome the obstacle and, and thrive in life.
0: Yeah. It's funny you say that, man, because the failure thing's interesting. When we're kids, I think failure, especially at school, is a bad thing. So we try and avoid it. This is what I found with myself. This is just my experience. Um, and a lot of other people that I've spoken to feel the same way. But I think failure has been was had a negative connotation to it where it's a bad yeah. thing to fail. And I think the older I've gotten, the, the more, the wiser I have become to the realization that that's just part of the deal. That's part of the process. So instead of trying to avoid it and trying to make everything easy, uh, for me, it's about learning, learning, growing each day. And I think that's why I started this, this podcast and this is why I've, you know, I've switched careers as well and I've tried many things over the last five or six years is because I think one of the biggest mistakes is to try and cruise through life making it as easy as possible because things are going to happen anyway bad things are going to happen you're going to be faced with yes. tragedies there's going to be problems and I think the more you grow the more you learn the better equipped you're going to be to deal with whatever's going to be thrown at you regardless exactly. and I think We've all got problems. We've all got different challenges, but I think that's that was my take on why I wanted to start this podcast and to speak to people like yourself because it's it's important that we make that distinction that you know ease is not necessarily good. It's it's more about you know healthy challenge, making sure that you're growing each day so that you're better equipped to deal with a crisis, man. So I just want to get your take on that. Is that your outlook on life as well? Do you believe that? It's just yeah, about getting a little bit better each day. Yeah,
1: there's a, there's a, a very old saying by uh, the best the best samurai, right, the old times, uh, Miyamoto Musashi. It might be difficult at first, but everything is difficult at first. Mm. Yeah. And everything worthy comes with responsibility, sacrifice, and discipline. Yeah. That's it. So, but it's about a choice. It's not about a need. Because people, I talked about this with my, with my students at the rehab center that I, that I teach for people. I teach people with, uh, struggling with addiction. Yeah. I say, if you tell yourself, I need to be strong. It's like, you, you see. I made an analogy. They, they like, it worked well. It's the same thing as you're saying that you need to go to the battle. Mm. You need, my, but you might not go right now. Yeah. I need to go to the battle, but I'm going to wait 30 minutes for you. I can't hold. Mm. Making a choice to be strong, making a choice to believe in yourself is different than need. You're making a choice, you're making a commitment to yourself, and you must keep that commitment. Yeah. And then you're going to strategize, you're going to take the steps and start little, doing little things changing your routine yeah. and become disciplined about positive things and creating good habits instead of bad habits. And you start to, your life start to change. Mm. A simple change in your approach to, to life in being grateful that's, instead that's of awesome. being sour. Yeah. Huh?
0: Gratitude. I love that you
2: brought that Gratitude, up.
1: Gratitude, exactly. Yeah. Gratitude. Because I'm here, I'm grateful to be talking to you. Mm. I, I am totally focused on this. If you bring sourness to life, you're going to receive sourness back. But if you approach with gratitude and you're grateful even for the failures, which are not failures, are lessons, Mm. you become a more experienced person, more open-minded, with more possibilities. And therefore, a a wiser person, right? Because you've been through things and you learn the lessons through those things. Yeah. And you grow through, through this. That's my opinion
0: on this. Yeah. Yeah, gratitude is a big one for me. When I find that I'm... When I'm a little bit sour at times and I'm complaining, it's important to bring myself back to the things that I've got. You know, having this opportunity to talk to you, even this room I'm sitting in, this house, which I didn't plan exactly. on. You know, like this is... I was going to knock this house down this year, but we decided to move into it instead. That was just a better option at the time for our family so it's uh but still being grateful for everything i got a roof exactly. over my head you know it's an old home but it's a home you know it exactly. it's a
1: shelter is um, a shelter you know yeah. it's a shelter so yeah. I, I completely agree 100% with this you know this this state of gratitude puts you in a position to ex to receive and give yeah, because if you only, if you only, my actually my teacher say this a lot. I hope one day you get to talk to him. He's very wise. So, uh, if you only receive from life and from others, you become spoiled. Yeah, and you're not gonna be happy. And if you only give, you become sour about it. Because man, I just give and I don't receive back. Mm-hmm. You know. So the state of gratitude has to do with you understanding how to give, to receive, acceptance. Because your state of gratitude to be in your shelter has to do with accepting that that's your shelter at the moment. Yeah. That has nothing to do with if if your position changes, everything might change tomorrow. You might move to a bigger house, better house. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's no doubt about it. I've got visions of, you know, where what the house is going to look like, and and that's fine. And I think it's important to have that as well. So I want to ask you about this too, but I think, I think if the danger is, and I've done this before, I I was terrible at this. I would focus on the thing over there, like that thing. And I'd be so not present at all with with what was happening now and and ungrateful to a point as well, you know? Yes,
1: it's good that you talk about this, Yeah. Jiu-jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu has a lot about this, because you have to think short term in the present. Yeah. But you also have to visualize <laughs> the end result. It's
0: crazy, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: because you cannot be only on the moment, because yeah. you have to identify where you are. and yeah. You have to deal with the present, but you also have to visualize and work to manifest your end result. Yes. Because I have to be, I have to accept the guys have controls mounted on me. He's pinning me down. And I have to be present, work with the solutions to deal with that, what's happening at the present moment. Yeah. But at the same time, if you make some mistake and leave a door open, I have to be sharp to capitalize and put myself ahead. So the visualization, the manifestation super important because you become very sharp about the present, but you also ready for the kill. Whenever the opportunity comes, you, you don't miss it. The opportunity to capitalize
0: on it. Yeah, let's talk a bit more about visualization and and actually setting goals, because this is so relevant to whatever area it is, whether you've got a health goal, a fitness goal, a relationship goal, a business goal, any life goal, really, I believe the process is the same. How does Jiu Jitsu teach this? Or what's your take on it? Do you have a practice that you use every single day? Do you have a technique where You're constantly in a state of visualization where you might spend moments throughout the day thinking about your goal and and what it's going to be like when you're there. And do you feel that emotionally? Do you visualize it? How do you go about
1: it? Jiu-Jitsu itself, I feel like in a very special position because I learned from my master, Hickson. He's a very spiritual guy, so he actually goes beyond. But I'm going to start talking about Jiu-Jitsu itself. Yeah. The simple, the simple growth, self-confidence, uh, self-esteem, empowerment, physical, mental, and even spiritual empowerment that you get from training Jiu-Jitsu already put in a position to believe yourself and to believe that you can conquer your goals. Yeah. So through the physical practice, you are practicing deal, dealing with pressure, finding solution to your problems, and, and work and, and take steps towards the end results, which should be a submission, should be conquering your, your goals and overcome all the ob- ob- obstacles that come on the, on the way. Okay? But once you start seeing the Jiu-Jitsu as a spiritual practice and not physical, which is something very special about my master, and that I feel like was a turning point for me, you start to include, more and more spiritual practices into the practice. For example, breathing techniques, meditation, visualization, you become too, you, very in touch with the translation from the physical practice to the spiritual part of it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it becomes a, a strategy, becomes a mindset, becomes a, 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 a mental uh, practice and when you get to the level, nothing can. can for example, if you tell me right now, uh, name a guy that you think is very big, that you that you, Shaquille O'Neal. You know Shaquille O'Neal, I know Shaquille O'Neal. If you tell me right now, Leo, you don't, you have zero chance in a fight with Shaquille O'Neal. I don't believe you, and you cannot get me to believe you. Because the way that I internalize jiu-jitsu makes me feel that it might be a hard day at the office. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but I have a chance. I have a chance. And if, and if it blinks for a second, I will, if I have a, it takes one chance, I will finish the job. Yeah. And that comes to years and years and years of practice of me dealing with big storms and riding those storms. Mm. And eventually, at one point, just not dying. At one point, not dying and, and, and feeling that I was okay. And then at one point, like, oh, man, I'm going to put my nose here because I feel like I have a chance. At one point, being, being able to overcome the big obstacle. At one point, not fearing anymore. At one point, uh, coming with an a, a approach of, a, of spiritual strength towards it. So, but if you say you have zero chance, I'm gonna say, man, get away from me because you, you're becoming negative. And, and I feel like I have a chance. Yeah. It can be hard with a guy smaller than me. It can be hard with a guy bigger than me. But I'm very in touch with the possibilities and I know if I have a chance, I, that I have a, I have a chance. And that comes from the practice and, and through the physical practice. Of hours and hours and days and years of uh, uh, learning to be comfortable in this, in the little hell, in the discomfort. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah.
1: That becomes your habitat. That becomes your environment. Yeah. So nothing, nothing's a surprise anymore. Does it make sense?
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, that's that's a uh, that's a difference. Like that's how my my teacher, of course, as well. But my my teacher's father, grandmaster. Hilio Gracie, he always believed that you could, you could not talk to the man. He was a little, just a little bit taller than me, five, 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 six, maybe,
2: mm-hmm.
1: 145 pounds. If you say to the guy, man, you, you don't have a chance in a fight with this guy, mm-hmm. pff, you have to get away from him because mm-hmm. he's not going to even listen to you. He, he was in the biggest, in the longest fight ever, three. Three hours and 45 minutes with a guy around 20 years younger and i believe 60 or 80 pounds heavier than him
0: wow that's huge yeah
1: yeah and he was already retired you know already on his mid 40s mm. and the guy is late 20s oh,
2: yeah.
1: but the mental the mental strength and the mental courage make sense is what makes the guy don't flinch. Makes him believe in himself, takes the challenge with a positive attitude and with with moral strength, with spiritual strength, and go for that and and having strategy to to deal with the the obstacles and with faith, hope, and ability to conquer that, to conquer the the obstacle. Mm.
0: I want to talk to you about something you said as well then, opportunity and knowing when to take opportunity. I think for a lot of the part, opportunity passes people. We don't even see it. Yes. So We have, it's, it's interesting because people, some people have this ability to see opportunity first. So they understand when an opportunity is right in front of them. Sure. And then they know when to take that opportunity. So I think they're two different things. So one is realizing first there is an opportunity, an opportunity to get a better job, an opportunity to get a relationship, an opportunity to do whatever it is, to build health or or whatever, an opportunity to make a connection with someone that could potentially change your life, right? So there's always opportunities in front of us, but how do you think one gets better at understanding or realizing those opportunities? And then you spoke about a fight situation where you might see that half opportunity and then you decide it's time to take that opportunity. So I guess seeing opportunity versus taking the opportunity, how does one get better at doing both those things? Yeah,
1: I, I feel like feeling is, a, is the word I would use. Yeah, Feeling the opportunity. Is seeing, a vibe,
0: you can feel it like the, you can just feel when the time's right. Yeah.
1: Yes, but uh, in a physical practice in jiu-jitsu, You can even attract the situation, you can can set it up, you can make yourself uh, even like a prey to to, to lead the other one to make a wrong move for you to capitalize on it. So you can create the opportunity. You can also survive and be in a position to capitalize the opportunity. But I feel like your mental fortitude and your, your, your attitude as well, your ability to, to your the, your senses being sharp, your intuition, your feeling, your, your your senses being sharp, put you in a very, in a much with much more possibility.
2: Mm. And
1: that comes with your awareness. That comes with your, with your gratitude, with your acceptance, with your sharpness, with your sen- with your uh, your senses all being sharp. Mm. Does that make sense? You're in touch, you're present, you're grounded, you're aware.
0: You said something that resonates with me and it's something that I've learned to develop and use on a regular basis, and that is intuition. Yes. So that's something I've learned. It's using my gut, and then when I feel like it's wrong, I won't do it. I'll stay away from it. When I feel like something's right, even though it might terrify me, and I might question how I'm going to do it or whether or not... You know what can go wrong and blah blah blah. If it feels right, generally I'll go for it. You know, so yes. I can't explain it. Though it's just it's something that over the last few years has, has been has played a bigger part in my life than what I had. Before. Yes. So is that just evolution? Do you think is that has it got anything oh, to do with be, being present? Like, what do you think is the key behind that?
1: Yeah, total is is uh, is uh empowerment growth right? Is you is you. Is you being aware of taking lessons from the previous experiences? All this puts you in a better position for the next event, for the next possible event. So when I train and I make a mistake, I have to identify and I have to play the mistake in my mind. So there has come self-reflection as well. Yeah, Because I at the same time, I have to forgive myself for the mistake. I have to I have to take responsibility for the mistake and play that in my mind and, and even practice. So in an eventual, in a, in a eventual, eventual uh, similar event, I am sharper. So self-reflection is a big part of this because if you don't, self, if you don't have self-reflection, today when I hang up with you, when we finish our beautiful conversation, I'm gonna reflect about what I could have done even better. Yeah, what did I done wrong? What I does it make sense?
2: It does, man. And, yeah, it's funny. And it's funny. tomorrow,
1: I want to wake up. Tomorrow, I want to wake up inspired by our conversation and play on my mind, on my own mind, some things that you said or we talked about for me to become a better version of today's version.
0: Yeah, it's so true, man. Like, even before I came on today, you know, I had a look at your, your bio again and I was thinking in my mind, how can I ask, how can I ask him questions that maybe he hasn't been asked before or in a way that, you know, is going to be interesting for people listening and it's going to be relevant to everything else that's going on in their life and, and regardless of whatever that is. And so I always think about, how I can do things better as well. And you said something before about taking responsibility too, which I think is important. When you're reflecting on something and something might happen to you, something might happen in your life. It might not be your fault. Yes. It could be a circumstance. It could be a tragedy. It could be something that's happened that honestly, it was yes. no fault of your own. But one thing I've learned is you still have to take responsibility for that. So it's still up to you. How are you going to deal with it? What your next move is? How to respond? What's your take on
1: that? Taking responsibility. Not necessarily to punish yourself. I talked a lot about this with my my students at the rehab center, which we talked a little bit about. It's a a big mission that I took years ago. And it's to bring the elements, Mm. the concepts of Grace Jiu-Jitsu to people who cannot even be in a fight, they cannot even practice, and they cannot yeah. train. But I bring breathing, movement, and empowerment. And I tell them, it, you may, all of us make mistakes. Yeah. If you don't forgive yourself, and you punish yourself, you, you're stuck in the past. Mm. But, if you, but, but if you forgive yourself, and you don't take responsibility to do better, if you don't reflect, you're also stuck in the same place because you're not going to grow. Yeah. So you have have to... So whatever I do wrong with you today, I will take responsibility. I say, Leo, this is wrong. That that was not okay. You have to really improve on this and learn this. But at the same time, I forgive myself because I actually want the opportunity to do it again and do better. But if I'm stuck in the punishment and I don't forgive myself, I, am how, how am I gonna grow? It's actually worse than what I have done. Because now I went backwards, yeah. and it becomes a spiral, becomes a negative attitude, and I, I become. That's when people start to punish themselves with drugs, with poor behavior, with negative uh, habits, and and so, and and so on. Make sense?
0: Does make sense? I know you spend a lot of time with people addicted to drugs. You know, in rehab centers, what do you think the reason is behind most addictions? Like, there's different theories on this. Like, I'm just curious to understand. You work with people with these problems. So, what do you think is the main reason behind or the core reason behind why they've got the addiction in the first place?
1: Yeah, it's been a, it's been a very important learning for me, you know, and, and, and I feel like uh, through my teachers, to th- uh, my master's teaching, uh, hickson i was able to take this challenge and without any fighting involved i'm able to help them to win the biggest battle of their lives mm. many people and one thing that i noticed of this and i had to i have to study a lot too so i became i started to study i started to try to try different things and see what works best i noticed this most is trauma childhood trauma okay and we talked about some of the things the belief so people they the for example a child who the parents don't believe in them they'll never believe in themselves unless to the point where, where has a switch when somebody say man i'm proud of you good job believe in yourself you're capable you see you've done this you can do it you know, so they feel like excluded from society, they feel not loved, they feel not, not capable, not not able to do what needs to be done. So I started with a, very moder- a, lot of, a lot of moderation, so breathing exercise to help them identify their emotions and equalize their emotions. The breathing also helped them, them stop a panic attack and an anxiety attack. I also do like a, a primal, it's a little mix of gymnastica, which is, is a, a practice from my my master's masters. His name is Orlando Cani. So biogynastica is a practice. They have animal movements, campo, yoga, mix. Yeah. And, and breathing techniques as well. So I bring... A little of bio a little of primal movements, and a little of meditation. So with that, the person start to breathe better, and understand and be able to equalize their emotions better. I feel like they live in extremes. You know, it's always on the edge. Yeah. Impulsive behaviors, and I and I, today I went there today, and then I talked to one gentleman about this, and I said, "How you feel?" Then the guy said, "Man, I feel mellow." I said, so it's different because you, in the beginning, you're on the edge. So if, if the guy's knees on you, you might take a person defensive and, and it becomes a fight. Yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't solve your problem because you, you get out of here in handcuffs and it does not solve your problem. So you become very, they are very on the edge, but in a negative way of saying, you know, on the edge. So the breathing techniques and the practice put them present in the moment and with ability to not only identify the emotions, but also equalize those emotions. You know, to, to, to calm the, the hyper, to give some alertness in life to the ones that are too passive. So brings an equalization. So it's a beautiful mission, very grateful and, and honored and proud to be part of this.
0: We're not talk breathing, really. It's not something that I don't think we're ever taught how to do properly, which is it's strange really, because oxygen is what keeps us alive, you know, learning how to breathe and I think is something that I was first introduced to about five or six years ago to a guy called Wim Hof. So you're familiar with
1: Wim Hof, the Dutch I'm familiar. I'm familiar with Wim Hof, of course. But my my teacher Go ahead, I'm sorry.
0: No, that's all right, man. No, I was just saying that was, that was my first introduction to learning actually how to breathe or breathing techniques. How are your techniques sort of similar or different to that?
1: Yeah, the, the techniques I use was taught to me by my master, Hickson race, And he learned from the, his master, Orlando Cani. And in the 80s, and, be, and be, my, my master's master, before then. But in the 80s, my teacher is already doing cold, shower. He's already doing primal movements and also incorporating uh, uh, connection with the nature, uh, breathing techniques, uh, meditation into fighting. So he was very unique in that sense. So at the same time, I, I admire and respect Wing Hoff. My teacher already do, been doing this for a long time before this. Uh, he's he doing, like I said, cold, you, you can go and there's a documentary about his fights in Japan called Choke, you should watch, and then he, he gets in a freezing cold water, and, and he explains, he, he says, oh, I, I feel alive, I feel ready, so he's already doing this, like the, the, cold, the cold water, he's doing like exercise with bands, with elastic bands, at the time, he's already doing primal movements and, and uh, all this stuff, like in the eighties, early nineties. So yeah. I'm very, I, I like this a lot, and I, I'm learning. I'm not a master of, of the at all of the breathing, of the
2: yeah.
1: But I feel like what he taught me, I I, I have internalized very well, and it's been done, done doing has been done wonders. Yeah, for the, both my students and also for the patients at the rehab centers.
0: There's definitely something in to breathing because I've watched documentaries on Wim Hof as well, and they've actually—I don't know if you've seen this—but they inject him with some really bad viruses. Have you seen this before? Where, I where the, the, and the, they they monitor him, so this is all done in a controlled environment in the lab. Yes, and he doesn't get sick. This guy—he's just—he's crazy. Yes. Like how he's able to control yeah. and regulate his own system. Through his breathing, yes, it's, it's nuts. Yeah, well, my
1: my teacher talks yeah. a lot about that. He, yeah, he says that the, the the breathing, the proper breathing, has impact on the two major organs that receive and send information the brain and the heart. Yeah, so similar than to what you say about Wim Hof, my teacher being in an event in Japan where there was a doctor who bring pain, to, I believe it was to people's feet or toes, and they quit. And you have to hold the pain for two or three minutes. And my teacher with the breathing techniques, you went there and the guy squeezed and, and, and he was able to win. The, the. He beat the guy who nobody beats. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, is a different level, right? You're talking about injecting stuff. On, uh, but my point of saying that is that it's very clear It's proven, it's obvious that breathing has impact in your mental state Mm. and also in your heart. So through breathing, you are more in touch with your emotions. You are able to lower your your heart rate or increase your heart rate. You're able to lower your blood pressure. You're able to stop an anxiety attack. You're able to warm yourself up and hyperventilate. You're also able to go to sleep I use a, a breathing, a different breathing to walk, different breathing pattern according to the situation. When I go train, I don't use the breathing that I used to go to sleep. Okay. When I go to sleep, I don't use the breathing for me to warm up to go train. So, the, all the different types of breathing, uh, you have a breathing that you do a massaging to the internal organs that has to do with massaging, activating the vagus nerve. Mm. The vagus nerve is uh, the longest nerve in the body that connects the brain with the guts, and uh, there's more information coming from the guts to the brain than the brain to the guts. Yeah. So that's why that's why a lot of most people who have mental illness they also have gut problems.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's very on. important
1: to have. A, that's what on. No, it's very important to keep a healthy gut. Yeah. To also have a healthy mind.
0: Well, that was my next question. So you've just said it for me. So diet, nutrition, how important is that as well? And is that something you practice? Are you really strict with it? As in your, what you eat every day?
1: Yeah, I'm not 100% restrict as strict. Strict. In the past, I was very, because of, of many different reasons to perform at highest level. Yeah, yeah. But of course, every even the things that I do that are not as healthy, they come with moderation. You know, so, I, for example, water, being hydrated, is very important, electrolytes, uh, not starting your day with uh, only carbohydrates sugar, is something important that I don't do as well. Mm. Uh, what else uh, I try to avoid sugar minimum yeah. amount of sugar as less as I can uh keep the vitamins you know like uh, very
2: yeah
1: you know probiotics prebiotics all this very important to keep a healthy gut so I, I avoid dessert I, I of course the moderation I have here and there of
2: course but yeah. it's
1: not but I don't do what I don't do backwards to where I wake up and I, ha- I don't drink water. And I have a Coke. I don't drink soda. I don't drink alcohol. I don't use drugs. So three major things that I feel already very healthy. So
2: yeah,
1: no soda, no alcohol, no drugs. Yeah. I wake up. I have my routine where I, I drink my water of lime or lemon. And uh, I have a healthy breakfast When I ha- when I have a breakfast. Sometimes I fast. Sometimes I have a healthy breakfast, which is not uh oh let me have a a cake yeah. yeah I mean because how I'm gonna teach class how I'm gonna perform right so yeah. I have my I had my eggs I have a, a little toast let, mm-hmm. you know what or, or, or a shake like a like a plant-based shake yeah you know but I mean just yeah. to maintain myself healthy and, and perform so I don't have headaches so I don't have a crash. So I don't feel heavy when I'm teaching my student. I have to be energized. I have to be feeling good. Mm. So those are major things. But simple things I notice, I tell this to the patients at the rehab center. You wake up, you have to be hydrated. You have to hydrate yourself.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
1: You'll be surprised how many people wake up and they have a diet coke. Yeah. Or they have a, 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 a coffee. Coffee only, no, yeah, no, no water. No, yeah, or, yeah, just coffee, yeah. Or, or just uh, 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 even alcohol, you know. Person wake up and have alcohol.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? You know,
1: it's sad, right? Because yeah. so I, I tell them a little bit of change, yeah. Change your coke and have water. Yeah. You know, if you if you're gonna have a muffin for breakfast, well, have a scrambled eggs,
2: yeah,
1: and a toast. Yeah. That's true.
0: Yeah. No, it's uh, it all makes sense. I want to ask you about confidence as well. You know, when a lot of people, they say I can't do this because I don't have the confidence to do it. You know, and again, this goes back to, I think you know when I started walking as a kid. I'm just going to guess. I was watching my kids, but they they couldn't do it when they first started either. So, and I think the confidence is built upon getting up, trying again, getting up, trying again, and just applying. Application. What do you think about confidence?
1: Oh, I agree one hundred percent with you. You, confidence, because fear is something out of intelligence, but you cannot let your fear control you. Of course, fear is a warning, comes from your intelligence, and you have to have assessment of the risks. If you tell me, man, show me that you're courageous, and jump out of the airplane without a parachute, I'm not going to jump. So there's an assessment, but something that is a calculated risk. Yeah. I will try it if I feel like and it's something that's needed. And I'll build after that. I will learn. I will say, wow. what can I have done better? What can I, right? So I, I, uh, I feel like confidence comes with the, actually facing the fear, right? Facing right. The, the obstacle, you know? And, and, and it's connected to everything we talked about. Mm-hmm. you know, you trust, your awareness, good guidance. For example, your, your podcast is a guidance, is an inspiration for the person to say, I'm going to try. it." Yeah, I'm going to believe myself. I'm going to give a try. I'm not going to well, watch what Simon said and, and with, the, with this guest, with Leo, somebody else, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to believe myself. Simon can do it. Leo can do it. The other guy can do it. I can do it as well. So you have to take the first step, and you have to uh, uh, start make, making little change to your routine. Create a discipline. Create new habits, and you're gonna start to attract good things, better things, and and, and feeling better about yourself, feeling empowered. And then, it's, I mean, it's the light of the end of the tunnel, and you keep going; the light become brighter and brighter, mm. and you live a you live your life of excellence. You know so. I highly recommend, like everybody that's listening and watching us to understand that all of us have a choice. We have a choice to be weak. I could be right now saying, Simon, but I I don't like this. Everything's bad for me, everything terrible, and I don't want to be here, and I don't want, but I'm making a choice to say I'm here present with my full focus on this, putting all my energy on this because I believe in this. I believe in myself, I believe in you, and I believe in who is listening to us. Yeah. And I highly suggest that people start to go into this frequency, to mm-hmm. the frequency of positive attitude, confidence, you know, and uh, a good assessments, like avoiding negative things and trying positive things and making this become habits. And, and, and then you change your tribe to a positive tribe. You change your, your, your habits so possible. You know, everything changes. You, at- yep. you start to attract better.
0: Yeah. The tribe is so important, having the right people around you, people that yeah, can actually true. influence you in the right way because, and I've spoken about this on other podcasts before, but your proximity, which I call it, you know, proximity is power. People around you can either, they can bring you down or they can bring you up. So I think it's so important to choose carefully who you confide in and who your circle is. And so, yeah, you've just got to, you got to maintain that. And also like you said before, it's learning to take calculated risks as well. That's where confidence yeah. built yes. for it's like, it might not be the same level of risk that someone else might take because my threshold might not be where that person is at the moment, but by doing it and by pushing myself enough where it's really uncomfortable, but I still take the action. I find that each time I do that, that threshold gets bigger and bigger. So then I am exactly. to take larger risks. And I look back three or four years ago, some of the stuff that I might do now, there's no way I would have done that because I didn't have the threshold to take those risks back then. So I love the way you said it. It's risk analysis, risk assessment, and learning to take that. Exactly. Because, yeah, we're all, look, by doing nothing, it's a risk. And what I mean by exactly. that is... There's a lot of people at the moment who are about to retire in the world. And they've got, I think over there, you, you guys call this 401k in America and in Australia, it's called superannuation. So, and basically by doing nothing, people are losing money there just by doing nothing. So everything's going backwards at the moment with the inflation, the economy. So you might think. playing it safe or you're not taking a risk but doing nothing is a risk (laughs) that's the way i look at it you
1: know yeah everything and everything's changing you like it or not everything's changing yeah so you have to you have to be aware uh acceptance again sharp with your intuitions of your feelings of your senses believe in yourself take the right calculated risks
2: yeah
1: and going in a path of living up to your full potential, living up to your full potential. Mm. That's it. And and truly becoming the limitless man.
0: That's it. It's an ongoing thing. So you're never going to get there. It's the pursuit, though. That's exciting. It's the constant going to the next level, you know, because I don't think you can ever get there. We don't know what our potential is, but it's constantly trying to get better each day. So...
1: Yes. You have to enjoy the process, right? You have to enjoy the, the...
0: yeah, I want to ask you one more question, man. Are you are you a religious man? Because I know, like, obviously, there's a lot of spirituality that comes with your discipline. Are you necessarily a religious person, or are you more a spiritual person? Because I consider myself more spiritual than religious. Like, I believe in a high power, but yes. I don't necessarily believe in in one particular religion. I was raised as a Catholic. That's my parents raised me that way. But as I've gotten older, I definitely believe more and can feel the sense that there is a higher yes, higher power, a higher being that that's actually coordinating me as, as I speak myself, you know, everything that's yes. happening in my body right now at, from a micro level, which I'm consciously unaware of. So I don't even know, I'm not doing it consciously. So something has to be doing it. There's got to be some sort of intelligence yes. the way I look at it. How do you feel about that? Is that something you think about?
1: I'm, I'm very similar to you, because my parents also was same, but I don't, I don't go to church every Sunday, and I'm more on the spiritual side than the religious side.
2: Yeah.
0: That's awesome. With 100%. What does it mean to be
1: limitless, Leonardo? Uh, limitless is the, the man, the person who strives to live a life of excellence the person who strives to reach their full potential, the person who strives to, to do what's right, live a life of rectitude. So with those things, I believe you're limitless because you're able to live to your full potential, you're able to inspire other people, you're able to inspire yourself and reach your full potential, live a fulfilled life.
0: Ah, awesome. You know, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate this and I'd love to do it again with you. We could probably talk about one or two topics in more detail next time so that we can get sort of a bit more specific about certain things. But it's been awesome. Really appreciate it. And how can people contact you if they want to reach out to you at all? I know you've got a website as well. So is that the best way to do it? Or is it on social media? How do people actually reach out?
1: Yes, my Instagram is... uh leo xavier jj my website is uh, lxbjj.com yeah and the pleasure is all mine it was a great conversation yeah. i am very i'm looking forward to the next one yeah and thank you for having me at your beautiful podcast i'm very honored and happy to be with you
0: all right thank you man and we'll do it all again soon talk to you soon thank you so much for listening guys if you got value from this please give us a like and a subscribe And also share this with someone who you think may benefit having listened to it as well.
2: I wish you all the very best in chasing what is your own version of your limitless potential.